0: The amazing beauty of creation is brought to you by CompuKids. CompuKids is an online technology academy for kids. CompuKids offers courses like game development, coding, app development, graphic design and animation, all especially designed for kids. The CompuKids courses are all available as downloadable multimedia e-books. CompuKids will help you to prepare your child for the fourth industrial revolution by providing them with valuable technology skills. Support the show by visiting www.compukids.me. That's .me. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to The Amazing Beauty of Creation. Now in the past two episodes we've been discussing these amazing, remarkable, unbelievably intelligent little creatures, the honeybees. And in the past couple of episodes we spoke about the bees themselves and we spoke about their hives. And we even quoted an ayat where Allah Ta'ala says, Wa awha rabbuka ila And Allah Ta'ala inspired the bees, taught the bees, gave the bees Uh, an instinct to create its home meaning the hives from mountains and homes and trees and trellises now once that was done after that ayat in the ayat that follows immediately there Allah Ta'ala says that he further instructed the bee then eat from the different types of fruits and then, travel in the path that your Rab, your Creator, laid down for you. And then Allah Ta'ala continues. He says, يَخْرُجُ مِنْ شَرَابٌ أَلْوَانُهُ And from its belly comes out a drink that's in different colors. شِفَاءٌ لِلنَّاسِ in it is a cure for mankind. In La Ayatan In that is a sign for people who take time to ponder. Now what's going on in this ayah? What are we talking about here? What we're talking about is Allah Ta'ala taught the bee what to go and eat and how to produce out of what it eats, out of the pollen that it eats, honey, one hundred percent pure honey, muhtalifan al in different colours. Now you get honey of different colours. Fihi shifa only nas. And Allah Taala is saying that in it, in this honey, there is a cure for mankind. Now what types of cures? I'll come back to that. And finally, Allah Taala ends off this ayat by saying that in this. In what? In the bees, in the way it produces honey, in the way that it travels around, it flies around, this tiny little creature gathering nectar and bringing it back to its hive, in the way it creates that hive. In all of this, there are signs for people who take time to give a thought, take time to ponder and really think about it. When you really think about it, then this is a sign of allah ta'ala's greatness it's a sign that everywhere around you you'll see allah ta'ala himself through the amazing things that he created now when we say fee or when allah ta'ala says rather fi his shifa only nas in it is a cure for mankind what what does this actually mean it means and we'll get into more detail on this a little later it means that honey is a cure for a number of diseases. In fact, scientists have shown in recent times that honey is a very powerful antibiotic. It actually destroys germs. And it's also been found to cure a lot of ailments and sicknesses like minor wounds and grazes, diarrhea, allergies, stomach aches, colds, and coughs, and with that sore throat, Digestive problems. It helps to control weight. It also uh, it, it 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 gives you energy because it diffuses very quickly because of its high sugar content. It diffuses very quickly into the bloodstream. And there's a whole lot of other things that that honey basically cures. And among those is also very importantly heart diseases. In fact, British researchers have found that. Uh, that honey slows the oxidation of bad cholesterol in in the blood which typically goes on to form blockages in in the arteries so by having a lot of honey you're actually slowing down this formation of this uh, this uh, bad cholesterol now tala is going to tell us a little more about honey and its its production and how exactly it's made but let's let's start with with some amazing facts about honey. I believe you've got some amazing facts for us about about honey, Tala.
1: Okay, so yeah, so firstly, I think it's, it's a common fact that uh, should get out of the way that a lot of people might know is that honey lasts for a very, very long time. In fact, in the ancient Egyptian pyramids, the ancient Egyptians used to bury their pharaohs and some of their rulers with jars of honey. And 3,000 years later, explorers opened up those tombs And they found those honey jars and the honey was still perfectly good and edible. After 3,000 years. After 3,000 years. And honey could go on well after that as well. It's just we haven't found any honey from before then. Now, honey lasts this long because of its overall chemical structure and acidity level. But it lasts this long mainly because of its lack of water. You see, most bacteria species need water to survive and to reproduce and because honey has no water bacteria can't uh, firstly start consuming the honey and breaking it down and they can't reproduce inside the honey to make more bacteria so as soon as bacteria enter the honey they die and this is this is one of the reasons why honey is such a good cure because even when you consume that honey it is a bacteria in your stomach then in your digestive tract then uh, this bacteria can't survive in the honey
0: and so the honey kills them, so basically, the honey kills these bacteria by by how by sort of by
1: uh suffocating them. You see bacteria they need that water or sort of making them sort of die of thirst, even okay, so they need that water to survive because they get trapped in the honey where there's no water, they can't survive any longer.
0: but I mean still three thousand years and still perfectly edible, that's amazing.
1: Okay, then now let's get into to how bees actually make honey, so honey bees, uh, honey is made by the worker bees in the hive, so the worker bees as we discussed are all the females that do all of the hard work and so they'll start the process of honey making number one by going and collecting the raw materials that they need which is nectar from flowers, so Bees will fly great distances to find flowers uh, to collect enough nectar. In fact, collectively, bees need to visit 2 million flowers and fly about
0: 100,000 kilometers to make just half a kg of honey. Wait a minute. Half a kg of honey and that that amount of effort, 2 million flowers... And one hundred thousand kilometers. How far is that? One hundred thousand kilometers. Give us context on that. Uh, That's the equivalent of flying around the
1: world two and a half times. So a a colony of bees, uh, collectively, they need to fly around the world two and a half times, uh, just to get enough honey, uh, enough nectar to make half a kg of honey.
0: That is amazing. Subhanallah, unbelievable. But that's not the most
1: amazing part. You see, half a kg of honey is a very small amount of honey, even for bees. In a year, a big healthy colony of bees can produce 45 kgs of honey. Now to create this amount of honey, a hive needs to collectively travel 8.8 million kilometers. So that's the same as flying to the moon and back 11 times. So that's the distance a colony needs to travel for a year's produce of honey.
0: I'm speechless. I don't know know what to say. This is amazing. So in a year, the collective uh, worker bees travel 8.8 million kilometers. You know, maybe that's where the word busy bee comes from because bees are really, really busy all the time. Just to make 45 kilograms of honey. Unbelievable.
1: Now, bees also they, they communicate with one another. When they find a batch of flowers, then a bee will go back to the hive and alert all of the other bees that there's some flowers there. And the way they do this is through this dance. Now, the dance is sort of shaped like a figure eight. So they'll move in that shape. And in the middle of the eight, they'll do like this little wiggle. Uh, it's it's uh, unofficially known as the wiggle dance that they do. And there's two things that other bees will get out of this dance. Number one, actually three things. Number one, they'll get that there's flowers around. Number two, depending on the direction that the bee is facing when it does the dance, they'll get which direction to fly to get to the flowers. And thirdly, from the length of the dance, they'll get how far the flowers are. Amazing. So they'll, they'll understand three things from that dance.
0: So they've got this complex little communication going on. So a little scout bee for example will go and find a a, a, a a bunch of flowers will find a really big loot of flowers and come back and tell everyone so the other bees will know exactly pinpoint gps navigation where to find those flowers impressive now once the bees they find the flowers they will
1: use the proboscis to suck in the honey uh, the nectar, and store it in a nectar uh, sack inside their throat. So what exactly is the proboscis? Now, the proboscis is like this kind of straw that comes out of the bee's mouth, similar to how a mosquito or a fly has. So they'll use the straw to uh, extend into the flower, and then they'll suck the nectar out and store it inside of their throat. Now once you collected enough nectar... She'll fly, start flying back to the hive and all along the way she'll start mixing it with these enzymes in her saliva. And so this starts, officially starts the process of turning the nectar into honey. Now once she reaches the hive, she'll open her mouth and another bee will suck the honey, or the nectar out of that bee's mouth using its own proboscis and start mixing it with its own enzymes and she will this the second bee will also start a process called ripening which is basically what she'll do is it's the removal of water from the honey so they bring the nectar from the throat to the entrance of their proboscis and then back and every time it reaches the tip of their proboscis a little bit of water is lost so it gets exposed to the air and a little bit water is lost and Uh, She'll do this here for about 15 to 20 minutes. Then when she's done, she'll pass it on to another bee who will repeat the process of firstly mixing it with their enzymes and then moving it up and down from their throat to the tip of their proboscis. And every time the honey is passed to another bee, it gets slightly richer and richer. So if there's a lot of nectar flowing into, into the hive, then there's no need to create so rich honey. So, and they need to quickly store what honey they have so they can make way to make new ones. So they won't pass around the honey so many times. But if the uh, nectar intake is slow, let's just say in winter, then they'll focus a lot more on the nectar that they have. So they'll pass it around quite a few times and make sure that it gets extremely rich.
0: So in that sense, are we saying that in w- when flowers are scarce, then the honey is more pure, more refined. more, more fun- pure,
1: more sweet and contains more nutrients. Interesting. Now, honeys, uh, bees go all, uh, through all this trouble to create honey because that's their main source of food. Bees eat mostly honey and then uh, the worker bees will eat it. They'll feed it to the drones and then they'll feed it to the queen. And... Honey is extremely, extremely nutritious, not just for the bees, but as you discussed, for humans. But other creatures have also learned about this nutrition of honey. The, these creatures will include things like uh, bears, badgers, mice, wasps. Just about uh, any creature learns to appreciate honey for its its raw
0: nutrients that it contains. Fantastic. Now, the thing I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with here is that the bees, on one hand, they go through the whole process of, of making honey and then they, they eat it, right? They, they share it with the, with the rest of the, uh, uh, the colony. The worker bees themselves, do they also partake of that honey or do they just suffice themselves on nectar? What do they actually uh, eat? They eat honey as well. Okay. So some of the honey they make, they eat. But this shows that, you know, a remarkable level of, of cooperation, that these worker bees are not selfish. They all the effort that they're making, uh, you know, to fly around, collect that nectar, process that honey in their in their in their bodies and then store it. You know, they, 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 they're not selfish. If they were selfish, they would say, Well this is ours, we're just gonna eat it but then they share it. I'm sure that the the amount that they consume is much less than the amount that they are producing because I mean if you are producing, um, if you are eating as much as you are making, then there's nothing left for everybody else. So they're probably taking a fraction of what uh, what they're producing. And this shows a remarkable level of selflessness on the part of the little bees. Amazing. Okay. All right, now,
1: another uh, produce of bees that I, I find very interesting, and it's less known than honey and beeswax. Now, this... Produce that they uh, make is called propolis. Now propolis is the thick, sticky, gluey substance that bees make. Uh, The primary, primary ingredient is tree sap. So sometimes when bees are out foraging for flowers, for nectar and pollen, if they see a tree that's leaking sap, they'll go to this tree and they'll collect some of this resin or the sap that's leaking out. And they'll store it in these pouches that they have in their back legs. They use the same pouches when they're collecting pollen. Then they'll carry this, uh, this sap back to the hive. And they'll mix it with some, some pollen, some wax and some of their enzymes. And they'll turn it into propolis. Now propolis has many uses in the hive. So, firstly, it's it's used mainly as a construction uh, uh, material. So, if there's a a gap in the hive that they need to fill that's too small, then they'll
0: use propolis to fill it. Wow! So they're making their own construction materials. This is like what polyfiller or super glue or something. Almost like one of those. And propolis is also
1: used as insulation. It's it doesn't allow much heat through it. So. Along the outside of their hive, they'll coat it in propolis. So it keeps the heat in and keeps the cold out. Amazing. Then also when bees are building their hive, sometimes there'll be a a surface that's too rough to work with. So they'll use propolis to smooth out the surface to make it easier for them to, to build on. Are you telling me the bees actually plaster their walls? And they resurface some of the... The areas in their in their this construction This is amazing.
0: Side. This is unbelievable.
1: And one other use that they have for propolis, and this one I think is is, is very interesting. You see, let's just say a creature like a wasp or um, not a wasp, a, a lizard or a mouse finds its way into the hive, seeking the honey. So the bee's natural reaction will be to sting this invader and kill it. And this they they're quite effective of doing with their with their toxins in their sting, but they're faced with another problem. Now they have this this decaying carcass in their hive that's going to start decomposing and going to start contaminating the rest of the hive. So what they'll do is they will sort of cover this creature in propolis, sort of mummifying it, making sure that it's encased in this propolis so that as it decomposes, it's not going to start contaminating the rest of the hive.
0: Mm. That's impressive. So, you know, to sum up, and we, we, we're we actually uh, running out of time here. To sum up, if you look at the bees, these tiny little creatures that, you know, we don't think much of unless they're flying towards us or they land on us, then we want to run uh, screaming because, you know, we don't want to get stung. But really, if you look at them, as tiny as they are, they are master builders, they are engineers, they are scientists, they are chemists, and they even mummify things. I mean it's unbelievable how clever these little creatures are and I think anybody that that listens to this, anybody that 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 has an understanding of what these bees are capable of and what they actually do will understand that there is no way that these creatures could have taught themselves these things i mean tiny little bee flying about see some pollen and says well you know i can make some sticky substance out of this which is super nutritious and i will feed myself and my 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 community uh with this or they'll see some uh, sap coming out of a tree and say well look we'll, we'll probably use this for plastering and for insulation and for mummifying dead creatures in our home so they they don't uh Uh, cause the whole hive to get uh, infected. This is not chance. This is not something that comes about because certain, you know, these creatures figured these things out by chance. This is pure inspiration. This is pure, uh, as as the Quran says, it is a type of wahi. It's a type of inspiration, a type of teaching that the one who created these little creatures actually taught these bees and now I think we all have a much greater uh, appreciation for both the bees as well as their creator that's a wrap for today's uh, episode I hope the listeners found it as enjoyable entertaining and as educational as uh, we did in uh, doing the research and preparing for this once again I'm Bilal Katrada
1: and I'm Talha Katrada
0: and this is the amazing beauty of creation